when we see people when we develop a plan they tell us what their expenses are but then uh, and we said their money should last a lifetime and then we find out every every month they keep calling for more money <laughs> and more money from their accounts it's like what's going on here uh, because they're not living within their means yeah they're definitely not disciplined with their budget it's time for the retirement reality podcast with the founder of principal preservation services mike koyanen Welcome back in to the Retirement Reality Podcast. I am Ben George. He's my coin and founder and owner at Principal Preservation Services. Today, we're talking about clinging to false hope. Just how ready are you for retirement? That's what we want to help you determine today because a lot of people clinging on to some false ideas or false beliefs about just how secure uh, their finances are heading into retirement. So we want to make sure you don't put yourself in a bad position uh, when that big day comes around. So that's the plan today. We'll also have a mailbag question or two a little bit later on. So stick around to the very end. But let me now welcome in Mike Coynan to the program. Mike, good to talk to you again. Yeah, uh, good seeing you, Ben, or talking to you. And it's a great day. I know you've uh, you've been doing, I guess, uh, have you had a, an event or two in person yet? Yeah, we've done a few events now. Uh, you know, Wisconsin's been officially open for a few months now. And uh, we've done a few seminars, Wisconsin, uh, Minnesota restaurants are, you know, 50% capacity. So we've done a few uh, seminars, social security and estate planning seminars in Minnesota. Now we're seeing smaller numbers of people come out because we understand people are not going to be as comfortable to come out in group settings, but we're definitely, uh, they're clean there. We're separating uh, people. So we have their distance. So it's safe to be out if you want to be still be out. And, but uh, we're, we're typically seeing about half to two-thirds what typically co- come out to these educational events are coming out right now, but people are coming out. That's not too bad, actually. I mean, I thought maybe even be a little bit lower. So, I mean, I don't think anybody would expect 100% turnout compared no. to what things were pre-COVID, but it's good to see people are out and about and uh, taking in your seminars. If you ever want to find out what Mike's got coming up, you can do so online at principalpreservationservices.com. Also there, too, if you don't want to hop out and not ready for an in-person seminar quite yet. He does have a new webinar, which is on demand. All you have to do is just put in your your name and number. Uh, You'll have access to that webinar, Keep Calm and Retire On, a great free uh, resource there on Mike's website. So today, talking about retirement ready. You know, we often find that people are clinging to certain ideas or beliefs that end up giving them a sense of false hope about retirement. And it's a dangerous position to be in. So we're going to explore some of the faulty thinking that ultimately leaves people underprepared when it comes time for retirement. And let's begin with this one, Mike. Um, You know, you're always trying to plan out, okay, what am I going to need exactly for retirement, right? And a lot of people will throw throw out a number, right? Just a random number. Uh, They might believe, hey, a million dollars is going to put me right in position so that I'm good for retirement. But believing that a certain number is all you need is not a good way to plan, right? No, it's not. And, you know, I I, I mentioned this before a couple of years ago, Fidelity, and I'm not trying to knock them. I, I think they're a great company, but one thing they, they talked about on the, uh, well, I'm, I'm knocking them a little bit because I don't agree with the statement. Good company, but what they say for retirement planning, you should have 10 times your, your last years of income saved for retirement. So let's just say your your last year's income was 100000 you should have a million dollars, and that's what you should have for retirement. I go, that's not planning. You know, that's 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 not planning at all. There's so many variables that you're not talking about, and that's, you know, travel expenses. Is your house paid off? And 
what's your health situation and you know so many things that's not talked about just because you have a million dollars i see people that have a million dollars that'll run out of money by the time they're 85 and i have some people who who have a half a million dollars and they're not going to even use up all their money so it all depends on what the number is for you but don't just set it on a number i recently had a gentleman in here and his portfolio right before COVID-19 was little over a million and he was getting ready to transfer it over to an IRA, his 401k to an IRA and then COVID hit and then it dropped and he's like, oh, I got to wait. I'm going to retire, but I, I, I'm going to wait for it to get back up to a million again. So hopefully he does. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I've seen, seen that go the wrong way. I've had experience with a retired bank president who was giving advice, this is years ago when he was working, now he's a retired client of mine that uh, was telling uh, his own clients back in 2000 uh, time frame, 1999, 2000, uh, don't uh, hang in the you know these tech stocks because they're gonna come back and bite you. Uh, he was giving the advice for people to get out, but yet he was the one that was still holding on because he wanted his stocks to hit a certain value before he got out. And what happened? It never hit that value, and he, he lost two-thirds of his investment. So he didn't listen to his own advice he was giving his clients. So uh, don't get stuck on a number. You really need to have a plan in place. Well, the next thing you look at a lot of times to see where you stand in terms of retirement is trying to figure out your income needs, the income planning aspect of uh, your plan. And you know, a lot of people just think that, look, I'm going to be done working. I'm not going to be doing as much. I'll be around the house. I'm not going to need as much money as I need right now. But what would yeah. you tell somebody that thinks that, Mike? Well, uh, if you think that, I say typically try a dry run. You know, you can try this three months prior to retirement to live off of what you think you can live off of. And, you know, if you say you're going to, you can, you can get by on 3,500 a month or 4,000 a month when you're used to bringing in six or seven, um, you know, net, I said, give it a shot. If you can do it, great. But it's typically not realistic. We're finding people are, they're telling us one thing sometimes when we're creating budgets and they're not living within their means. They keep, they keep spending more. So typically what we see in the first five to 10 years of retirement, unless you change some habits, you're typically spending the same amount of money and you have more time on your hands. Sometimes you're spending more money because now you, you didn't have time to travel. Now you have time to travel. You didn't have time to golf. Now you, you have time to golf all the time and do the hobbies you want and see your grandkids. And now you, oh, you know, let's go garage sailing for the grandkids and let's go buy them gifts. And, and so uh, typically we're not seeing a, a big drop off in the expenses. I'm not saying it's all the all the time. A lot of people are very disciplined and they know exactly uh, how they're living. Uh, we have a lot of engineers from 3M who come in here with their spreadsheets and they're very detailed. And I'm not to uh, to go against you know what they already figured out. They are they know better than I do, but uh, what their budget is. But when we see people, when we develop a plan, they tell us what their expenses are. But then, uh, and we you said their money should should last a lifetime. And then we find out every every month they keep calling for more money <laughs> and more money from their accounts. It's like, what's going on here? Uh, because they're not living within their means. Yeah, they're definitely not disciplined with their budget. Yeah, it's not, not a good thing at all, uh, for sure. Uh, third thing on our list, um, and I don't know if you deal with this a lot, but you know, there's some people that if they think they might have a shortfall in retirement, they might expect an inheritance at some point. And, and hopefully a lot of people are left with an inheritance. Hopefully, you know, there is something coming your way. But for anybody that's maybe planning on that 
to happen, Mike, and kind of building their expectations around receiving something at some point, how can that get them in trouble? Yeah, I've seen it where people have counted on their their parents' uh, savings for them. And, um, I, you know, what we all say, if, if, they're, if people bring it up when we, we meet them, and I'll ask them, I said, are you expected to receive an inheritance? And we'll put that on the back burner. We'll just talk about possibilities that might be a blessing to them down the line. But, you know, with health, cost of health care and long-term care needs, you know, even if they have savings, that could be all eaten up. You know, for example, I might have shared this uh, months ago on a previous podcast, but we did a seminar a couple of years ago and a gal came up to me and she was upset, uh, not at me, but upset that her mom had told her years ago, you're going to be okay for retirement because I have so much saved, you're going to be just fine, even if you don't save another dime. Well, her mom shouldn't have told her that. Um, you should tell your kids you don't have anything to give them. And if, if they get it, that's all, you know, it's all bonus. And what happened, her mom, uh, as of even a couple of years ago, was still in the nursing home for like, I think she's seventh year or ninth year. It was a long time. Well, they had gone through all her money. Um, now she's, you know, essentially they call it a ward of the state on Medicaid. And all the money was spent through, you had a guardian and conservator of her estate, uh, she had a lawyer that was managing and at the Wells Fargo Bank managing uh, the assets, and they were all exhausted, and she was going to get nothing. And she goes, how can that be? How come they can take everything? I go, somebody has to pay for the care. Whose responsibility is to pay for that long-term care needs? And if your mom had money, she, they're going to have her pay for the care. And being that her mom was a resident of Wisconsin, she can only keep $2,000 away from Medicaid. That's it. So only $2,000 could not be touched by Medicaid. Yeah, it's a tough, tough situation, but I guess that's probably uh, the number one thing you need to worry about is just that running out. You just never, you'd never really know. Not until you have that money can you really assume that it's going to be yours at some point. So uh, that will give you false hope indeed. Uh, the next thing that will maybe lead you astray uh, is, you know, look, there's a lot of people, Mike, that think they can just figure it out. Like a lot of people are comfortable just winging it in life and not really having a plan. But, you know, the, the notion that you're just going to figure it out and, and figure out how to make it work in retirement, maybe just because you think you can cut down spending if you have to, uh, that approach, as you can imagine, will give you a false sense of, of how secure you are in retirement. Yeah. It's something like, you know, typically if you're raising children, you get teenagers and they think they, they know more than you do. <laughs> and they're, they're the ones that say, you know, if I was on my own, I'd, I'd be fine. Like, yeah, okay. You know, show, show me that. Uh, but that's typically not going to work out because you'll, you'll make it work. Well, how's that going to make work? Uh, I'll pick, you know, they say, I'll pick up a job if I have to. I'm like, well, okay, what job? I could wish I could have you talk to a lot of my clients. You know, you come to one of my client events and you could talk to a lot of my clients and and the ones who wanted to work and they just can't find work because it's harder to find work once you're, you know, over 65. It's just, it's just harder. And I'm not, and I, I said, I, there's, I believe there's still just discrimination out there that people just don't want to hire, you know, people who are in that older generation. So um, it's not just going to be able to figure it out and, you know, make it work or you're going to, you know, invest in some hot, stock tip that's going to increase your portfolio by 50%. You know, things just like that just don't happen. You're really going to be struggling if that's the case, if you really don't have it planned out. Yeah. Planning is always the key. Uh, the last thing that we want to go through that you know, people often kind of lean on or depend on to, to prepare them for retirement 
is that income estimate you might find in your 401k statement or one of your retirement accounts that tells you exactly where you're going to stand and whether or not you're in good shape. Um, How accurate is that, Mike? Is that something you can depend on at all? Yeah, those are really comical in a sense when we look at those. And a lot of times they actually put hypothetical rate returns in there um, that are really unachievable. When we look at, you know, what's a realistic rate return to be, you know, be calculating or illustrating towards. So uh, not a big fan of those 401ks that you should be able to, you know, pull out $2,000 a month. But also it usually says that money will last, you know, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. So you have to look at the projection as well. And it usually tells an average rate return, which a lot of times is, is not attainable because that means you have to take some high level of risk to get that. So you have to be really accurate. Read the fine print. And also the fine print on these 401k statements says past results do not predict future returns and results as well. Kind of like that uh, that little small writing that used to be on the, the mirrors on your cars. <laughs> pa- you know, the uh, objects yeah. in the mirror are closer than they appear. Right. Those small little things that you don't typically see. But those are really comical. And again, 401ks are not, you're not, you shouldn't be leaving your money in a 401k when you're retired. It's just not the best place to have your money. I know I've talked about that in a previous episode, but nobody's managing your money. You're subject to very few investment options. You have to manage your own money. And I'll tell you, if you have a traditional 401k and a Roth 401k, if you leave that money there in retirement, the IRS will require you to take out RMDs even based off your Roth portion, even the money you've already paid taxes on. It's because it's not intended to be there in retirement. You should not be leaving your money there. Do a tax-free rollover to an IRA. gives you more flexibility. You move your Roth 401k to a, a Roth IRA. Now that's out of the equation. You don't have to worry about taking an RMD on it. And then you can pick and choose where you put your traditional balance of the 401k to an IRA and have a plan in place. So again, it just brings up a whole you know, bucket of other questions when you have you know, if you're really considering leaving money in, in your 401k for income, that's not really ideal for most people. Well, if any of these things uh, kind of raise an eyebrow for you, if you think maybe you're, you're leaning a little too heavily on any of these beliefs or ideas, maybe you should take a step back, have a meeting with a qualified financial professional like Mike and his team at Principal Preservation Services and figure out exactly whether or not you are in good shape for retirement because you don't want to be in a position where you go into retirement and not have these things in order and all of a sudden you're going, oh, I can't just figure it out like I thought I could. That's a bad position to be in. So it's important that you set up a plan now. And even if you're only a couple of years from retirement, like and never done planning before, it's still not too late to sit down and get these things in order, right? Not too late. Yeah, it's never too late. I don't care if you're... If you're 50 or 60, 70 or 80, we've actually had some of my, my clients' parents. I've actually worked with a couple of people in their late 80s, early 90s recently getting some estate planning done, which is, you know, I'm glad they're doing something. Yeah. And fortunately, fortunately, they've had their time in their life to still get it done. And so we've done some estate planning work for them um, in late 80s, early 90s. So wow. some of my, my oldest clients I just brought on here, 93 years old, wow. uh, about two months ago. That's impressive. Yeah, that's impressive. Uh, Well, cool. Well, that's uh, that's our discussion on A False Sense of Hope. Now let's turn to the mailbag. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. We can answer a couple questions today. Again, if you ever have anything on your mind, send it in to us. PrincipalPreservationServices.com is the website. You'll find the contact button there and uh, a couple of different ways to get in touch with us. But got a couple questions today. First one comes in from Julius He writes in, I recently had a REIT proposed to me as an investment I should consider. 
What are your thoughts on these? And I guess, Mike, maybe first uh, explain what a REIT is. Yeah, REIT just stands for Real Estate Investment Trust. And, you know, there's public traded REITs and there's non-traded REITs. And so what we're finding is a lot of people who have gotten these non, you know, publicly traded REITs, you know, it's not a huge fan of these. You know, they, some of them have performed pretty well um, in the past. Uh, I'll give you an example. Now, I would recommend you give Casey a call who handles our asset center management portion for our, our business. And he just told me, you know, recently we had a conversation how REITs have not been performing at all, uh, very good at all. Uh, right now, lately, uh, really poor results with REITs. We don't put our clients in REITs anyways. But we had a client that came in here, became a client of ours a couple of years ago, and he had a, one of these non-publicly traded REITs. And when they, he put their money into it, it was supposed to be paid out by spring of 2017. Well, he's gotten uh, you know dividends from that. So he's got money from it, but he's wanted that money out. Well, when we called even last summer, they said, by the latest, it's going to be, everything's going to be sold and everything's going to be done by, I think it was like April or May of this year. Everything would be sold. He'd get his rest of his money out. Well, he, he came in last week and says, I can't get my money out still. They delayed it again. So three years after it was supposed to be finally done, he can't get his money out because, um, you know, these are invested in some kind of, uh, you know, commercial real estate um, type properties, and it's held in a, a non-publicly traded REIT. They're harder to get your money out. They're illiquid until they tell you you can get your money out. I'm just saying, why would you put your money until into an illiquid account? You're taking a big risk. I even had a, uh, I have a client who had one of these non-publicly traded REITs, but she put it IRA money into it. Well, when we called, she couldn't get her money out either. And I said, well, what's going to happen if she still can't get her money out? And this is an IRA. She has to pay her required minimum distributions on this. I said, if it's illiquid, what is she going to do? Because if she doesn't take out her RMDs, she gets penalized 50% by the IRS. And the customer service rep said, I don't know. I said, well, it sounds like she shouldn't have had her money invested in this by the advisor who sold it. She goes, yeah, she probably shouldn't have. I said, why did you guys even accept it? Hmm. She goes, that's not for me to tell you. So, you know, it was really is not a suitable investment. It wasn't putting the client's best interest first to put your IRA dollars into something that's illiquid for a possibility that the money could be available at a certain time. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, our next question comes in from Bert. He writes, I want to retire when I'm 55, which is six years away. What should I be doing for the next decade to put myself in a position to do that? Yeah, well, if you're retiring in six years, you know, but you, you want to prepare for the next decade, I think that's great. You want to even still be preparing after retirement, which is important. Obviously, what you want to be doing, if you haven't, be maxing out those IRA contributions, 401k contributions. Uh, you can make a lot of headway and ground um, in those last, you know, five, six years before retirement. So be increasing those contributions. Uh, what we told people even months ago when the market was down, some people said, I'm going to stop back away from my contributions uh, when the market was not good. I go, no, no, no. You want to be increasing your contributions when things were at a discount. You get more bang for your buck. You're, you're buying things at a 30% discount. So uh, definitely add more money, uh, make more contributions. So increase your contributions to the max if you can. Uh, 401ks, um, and also your IRAs and you're over 50 and older. So you have that catch up on both of those. 
If you have Roth available, I think that's an opportunity to look at those Roth accounts. Get your estate plan put together. Look at your will or trust and durable power of attorneys. Just get the planning done. You know, look at what Social Security is and and try to build up an emergency fund is huge for retirees to make sure that your debt's going to be under control. Hopefully your house will be paid off or soon to be paid off. And uh, you have a good six month to maybe 12 month cushion of an emergency fund in cash or in the bank. You know, because once you're living on a fixed income, you're going to want to have that cushion. Cash is king in retirement. Yeah, cash is king. So hopefully that gives you a little guidance there. On, uh, on what you can be doing here, Bert. But again, you want to sit down with, a, with an advisor and lay out your plan and your specifics and what steps you need to take individually and personally to uh, to reach the retirement goals that you want to have. Uh, and you can always do that with, with Mike and his team, Principal Preservation Services, which you can find online at principalpreservationservices.com and over the phone at 855-987-8888. So a lot covered today, Mike, but a good conversation overall. And I hope uh, there's a lot of takeaways for people. Yeah, hopefully this helps with uh, people listening in. And if they have any questions, concerns, always give us a call at the office. We can do a Zoom meeting or in person at one of our offices. And uh, we're, we're actually, uh, you know, during this whole coronavirus, we've kind of expanded our territories because people nice. are so used to Zoom meetings that yeah. typically we're a 20, 30 mile radius from our offices. Now we're having people that are 45 minutes to over an hour away huh. uh, because they're just comfortable doing Zoom meetings. And you can, um, we can connect that way. Very nice. Well, if you want to connect with them again, principalpreservationservices.com is the website. So thanks for listening to this episode of the Retirement Reality Podcast. Hit subscribe. Got a new episode coming your way next week. Until next time, Mike, appreciate the time. Take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Ben. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.